Good evening. This is Jolinda with It's All Growth. It's been a minute since I've been on. My energy has been off. So I really, I thought about getting on and making a podcast about what's actually going on in my life because that's the whole purpose of starting this and but so I just thought well tonight the night before my cancer scan um blood work that I have to do every six months now for the rest of my life it was every three months so I do look at that that that's almost like a it was so scary when I was told, okay, we're going to ch- check you every three months to just to make sure that the cancer doesn't come back. And I thought to myself, wow, like, did they just say every three months? Gosh, that seems like every three days. I don't know. It's felt so like constant, close together. Why? Why every three months? But then it gave me comfort and anxiety if that makes any sense this whole this whole whirlwind of of the way my life changed because of cancer i was diagnosed in 2018 with invasive ductal carcinoma triple negative breast cancer stage 1b and i still don't like i know 1b is it's an early stage. The B is because of the um, the grade, I believe. See, I'd have to look that up. I, I did know in the very beginning because in the very beginning of all of this, when I was first told I had cancer, of course, I went home and I Googled the type of cancer that I was told I had and the grade of it. And when I sat down and took in what Google showed me, I just lost it. I just cried because what I read was that I was going to die. Or if not, I'm going to die right now. I'm going to die in five years. That's the way I read it. I read it as if I don't beat this within five years I'm going to die of cancer. And I I had just turned 44. And it was my normal checkup yearly mammogram. It was actually late. um, And I got the phone call that they wanted to see me back in um, to get a better look at what they saw on the... 4D mammogram. I think it's 4. Yeah, I think it's 4D mammogram. I don't even get them anymore. I don't I don't have to get mammograms ever again. <laughs> because I I have no breasts at all. They took everything. That was the other thing I I write. I'm a writer, so I write all the time. And I was looking in one of my notebooks and I don't even have it dated. But, of course, I know exactly what I'm talking about because, or the time, time frame, because of what I'm talking about. But I wanted to read it just because I found it today and I thought, oh, wow. 
And I wrote, sometimes I just look at myself just like this. I try and remember what they were like before cancer. So, so much is different. They are gone for a good reason, but still gone. Nerves gone, nipples gone. I still feel pretty. I still feel like a sexy woman, but I know my body went through so much change. They cut out cancer and all that was around it. Two thin scars that go across my chest and underneath my armpits. Proof that my battle, proof of my battle and a daily reminder of how blessed I am to be alive right now. And I know that. And that's, that's my number one. I'm so grateful to be alive because this cancer is, is, it's very aggressive. And when caught late, it's just any cancer that's caught late. It's scary. There's not everybody can beat it when it's caught late. It's, it's harder to beat. It's more aggressive. It's, it's stronger when it's a later stage. I don't know much about cancer, but I know that. I know the stages and the grades of it. And my my cancer is triple negative breast cancer. I'd never even heard of it. My gynecologist had never heard of it. So it's not a cancer that's common, although really, my goodness, I'm part of a Facebook group of women, we all had the same cancer, different stages and different grades, but the same kind of cancer. And I mean, it was like every day a new member was joining. I mean, there's so many women and there's so many young women. So that's the other thing about my cancer is that it's taking the lives of young women that are too young to get a mammogram. Like there's, you're recommended to get a mammogram. I think the age changed maybe. I I can't remember. I don't even know now. Uh, The last mammogram I had was in 2018. But um, I think the age did change. But this particular cancer can grow in a young woman. There's so many women that have lost their lives and they just started a family, just got married, and I mean, younger than me, you know, when I found out I was, I just turned 44, but there's women that are in their 30s that are getting this cancer, and by the time they even find out that, you know, that they have something going on, sometimes it is, and it isn't until you feel a lump, and with this particular cancer, mine was caught via the the mammogram there was no lump to feel there was no nothing i could feel and there were actually two and the second one that was found could only be seen on an mri so again knowing everything that i know about my cancer now and the treatments that go with it and you know the decisions that doctors have to make to keep you alive. I know how blessed I am that it was caught early. But it's still so, so scary. 
And I, I don't try, like, I do not live my life walking around scared. There's no way I could do that. Because I, I can, I'm a very emotional person, one. So if I, if I lived my life that way, it wouldn't be good. I wouldn't be able to thrive the way I, the way I, I do and the way I am right now. I wouldn't be able to do all that if I really took myself in a bad place when it comes to thinking about this cancer and the way life changed and everything that I went through, you know, but having said all that, it is not easy to like the night before a cancer scan. It's just a lot sometimes. And, and, you know, that's another reason why I wanted to start this podcast and talk about it because this isn't easy, but I'm, I'm doing it. I, I can't be sad and down. I mean, I can have my moments and my, my moments, but I don't stay stuck there. I, and I try to do that with everything. I try to handle everything that way. I know not everything can be handled with a you know, dust yourself off, get up and just act like that didn't happen. I'm not saying that, but there is a way that you can, you can change the energy and, and it makes you feel better. I'm, I can't say I'm self-taught, but I mean, a lot, a lot is some alone time, but it's also taking from you know, books that I've read and, and podcasts that I've listened to, YouTubers that I've listened to, um, the women in my life, my grandmother, my mother, my best friends, women that I've met, you know, all throughout when I started working at the age of 18 on. That's where I met, you know, it was diverse, the people that I met and the women that were in my life. And I say women that were in my life just because these women that I met, I took a little bit of strength from each of them, each person, each story that I I got to listen to because I've said it before, a lot of people feel comfortable with talking to me about their lives. And I love that because I love talking about life with different people and hearing different people's lives and perspective perspectives on life, on their lives and other you know everyone's ideas and thoughts and what they take from how they were brought up and or you know just everything I love hearing it all and anyone that knows me knows that about me so because I'm like that you know I I I take in a lot I've taken in a lot of positive from people I've met because a lot of people that I have met, you know, that really a lot, I've met a lot of women that have survived many things, many things, different things, marriages, abuse, addictions, diseases, tons, tragedies, loss, Sorry about that. I always forget to turn off <laughs> my notifications. I don't even think I know how to do that. Um, how to get that to stop. But anyway, um, 
just tonight, I'm not trying to be in my head. So I thought I'm going to talk about this because I always feel better when I talk about things. But I'm also like in hermit mode. And so I'm not being very open with this part (laughs) of, you know, my nerves and, and the thoughts that I'm having. I guess it feels more comfortable to, to talk like this, you know, to, to make this podcast and talk about it. I know that irks some people that are close to me in my life that I don't pick up the phone and I don't express to them this, these things. And then if they hear this, the, you know, which I don't even mean it in any personal way of me not picking up the phone and, and saying all this. I guess I just, I didn't even know if I wanted to do this. I didn't even know if I wanted to, because it's been a minute, like I said, since I've done a podcast, but it's because, you know, I have a lot of thoughts in my head and trying to take it all in myself, process it and not lose my shit over the anxiety, the scan, they call it scanxiety. And it's just normal for my blood pressure to be high when I go into my appointment tomorrow and for me to have that leg that just shakes. And and then, you know, when I go in for these, what would take, you know, you go in for some blood work and, hey, we'll let you know in a week or whatever. I get to know in the within the hour of um, what levels are that they look at. And except for one very important number, which I I can't even, I used to know what it was. It's like CA point something. It's a number that um, they look at to see if, I guess they call them tumor markers. Maybe that's what it's called. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. I'm probably saying it wrong, but there's an important number that takes longer. That actually takes three to five business days. And, um, they, I don't know how to turn that off. Um, so I have to wait for that number and that's scary too. So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of waiting. And that's what I, I had said to my cousin, I don't forget that I had cancer, but you know, one, when it happened, those close to me and even myself, we were floored. <laughs> we were just floored. I, I could not believe, I still can't. Like I was telling my, my cousin today that I was looking at my album. I have a Facebook album of my cancer journey when I first found out. And I'm looking at these pictures of myself and bald and sick and video that I took when I was in pain. And I just thought, gosh, dang, Jojo, (laughs) you went through a lot of shit, you know? And because I still can't, it still just blows my mind that I went through all that, that my body went through all that. When I think about it, like I try not to think too much about it because When I think about those times of chemo, now see, 
it brings me pain because I remember the, the pain, the physical pain that came with all of that. And so I try not to think too much about it. Um, but I, I'm also not trying to ignore it, that it happened. But now that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working, life is semi-normal because I swear I went through cancer treatment and then COVID happened and everybody was in lockdown. I was in lockdown before everyone and then everybody was in lockdown right after my treatment was over. It was so crazy. But um, so life feels kind of normal and better because a- after cancer, I just feel like I just thrived. I th- A lot of things happen. A lot of changes happen in my life. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm at one of the best times of my life. I'm just so blessed and I'm so grateful. And that's, that's also what I try to focus on when I do get stressed about anything. Cancer did that also. I, you know, I, I attribute my new attitude, everything that I went through is how I got this new attitude because, it, I mean, everybody knows this. If we all lived life like we were dying, you would live, I mean... I, uh, I'm doing what I can. I mean, I'm not traveling around the world or anything. I am not at that point yet where I can afford to, but I will. Um, it's in my plan. Uh, sorry about the notifications. But as far as my outlook on life, I am, I am happy. There are things that are happening in my life personally with some people that I care for very much that hurts right now, but that's normal. I mean, I, my life's not perfect and I'm not perfect by any means. Um, but I, I still get into it with my family. I've got into it with uh, one of my best friends, uh, misunderstanding I've it's it hurts it hurts I don't like fighting with people that I love it's a trigger (laughs) and so and there I am laughing and that's probably like my uncomfortable laugh because it makes me uncomfortable but I can't get down about those things those things can really get me down that's an it's another thing in my life that can really I can really get down in the dumps about it and and down about myself, beat myself up over, you know, and and really hurt myself more than anything. And we, you know, we can do that to ourselves. It's easy. It's, It's so easy for us to hurt ourselves. And sometimes you don't even realize you're the one that's doing it. You're the one that's hurting yourself. And, and I do it. I'm guilty of doing it, but I also, I try to catch myself when that happens. And I told my cousin, I slap myself (laughs) and tell myself, stop. You know, I just try to change the energy, my thinking. I change it 
so that I don't go down there because I, I so could. It's always like on the tip of my mind to lose it, <laughs> show my ass and go off on, you know, a man that hurt me or, you know, really get down in the dumps hurt about an argument I got into with someone that I love and really get depressed about it. And I just, I can't do that. I won't let myself do it. I don't want to do that. And I just know that everything that I say or do with the people that I love, I never have a hateful heart. I don't. No matter what, I don't. If I tell you I love you, I mean it. I know I have my own way of being and I don't I don't think any of us should apologize for who we are when it comes from love when it's genuine genuine love not when you're just sitting there wanting to be hateful or spiteful to people but when you're if it's a misunderstanding but I, you should just always know that if I love you I I'm coming from love no matter what I'm saying if I talk out of my ass in anger, I'll apologize for it. But if I don't, if it's coming from my heart, it's different. And I know that I'm, I know I have a mouth on me, <clears throat> I've been told. But anywho, I, I love big when I love people. I wanted to come on here and talk about life, everything that's going on with me right now without giving in too much detail, <laughs> just because it's just, it's just a lot of stuff that I'm working through. And I'm, I always think it, it always pops in my head when I think about exactly what I'm talking about right now, that it's all growth. It's all growth. This is all my growth. This is everything that I'm going through and growing through. You have to go through it to grow through it. I can't remember where I heard that, but I heard it somewhere. And it just has always stuck in my head. You have to go through it to grow through it. Just a lot of things that, um, like I said, I've taken in from people or books that I've read or, you know, articles that I've read online podcasts that I've listened to, YouTube people, motivational speakers, all that. Everything that I listened to before cancer, I hear it different now after cancer. I take it in and it's a little bit more serious to me. But it, like this hasn't been easy. I'm not saying I'm this super strong person that I can just take on anything, but I'm really trying. <laughs> I'm really trying to work on things that I know I need to work on and to use my voice. And I literally am living life like I, like, like I'm dying, I guess, you know, because I could be told, I could be told tomorrow that something doesn't look good. I could be told everything's fine and we'll see you in six months and things that happen with cancer. It's crazy. You just never know. It, it feels like it's, it's something that's just sitting on my shoulder constantly. And if I f focus on it 
like I say, you know, if I really <laughs> let allowed myself to do that, it could really take me down because cancer is just no joke. You just don't ever want to hear that. You don't want to hear that any family member, friend, anyone, you know, anybody's, anybody else's family member, you know, it just breaks your heart when you hear, yeah, they have cancer. Oh, they have cancer. They're fighting cancer. They died of cancer. I mean, it just, it, it, we used to take my breath away, you know, when I would hear things like that or find out that someone had it, someone's child had it. I mean, it's just such a scary thing. So the day that I was told, we think we see something. The demeanor of that doctor, the, the tone of their voice, <laughs> I knew I had cancer. I, I knew I knew right when she said that, right when she said, I think you need to get what well, we think we see something is what she said. And we want you to come in and we want to do another mammogram and a ultrasound. Really, right when she said that. Because <laughs> you never, well, I never did. I never got the phone call where we think we see something and we want you to come back in. Because I and then a lot of women were telling me, oh, Jalinda... I have been told that and I went back and I even went, I had to do, go get a biopsy and it was nothing. And so then I thought, well, okay, you know, maybe that is. So then I kind of felt like I don't have cancer. That would just be crazy. You know, I really thought that like, they're probably right. It's probably, I could get a, I, so early on I did because my sisters had had biopsies done and my mom had biopsies done. And every time they had them done, because I believe my, one of my sisters has had two. My mom had a lot. I, they It always came back nothing. So I thought, probably, yeah. I'm just tripping myself out. I'm just... And then when I went in to go get that ultrasound... I knew the the woman that was doing it, her her body language went from super smiling when she first walked into that room to such a serious face and tons of clicking noises with the mouse. Click, 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 click. She just kept clicking around a certain area of my breast. And I knew I cried right there on the the chair or whatever it is, bed that you lay down on. I just laid there and I cried. Um, and then when the doctor came in and she leaned forward and had her elbows on her knees, she leaned forward towards me and said, I think you need to get a biopsy. I knew I had cancer. I was like, oh, okay, I have cancer. Okay. Now I got to prepare my family and prepare myself and oh my goodness I'm in shock and this is really happening and I can't believe this and my cousin who had been waiting my goodness I think I was in there for almost two hours maybe she was so worried and then she saw my face and I just lost it and so did she And I told her, you know, she said, well, it could be nothing. And I told her, no, I'm telling you because I have to prepare myself. I have, I know I have cancer. 
we all have to get ready. <laughs> we all have to get ready. And I told my family that I know it's cancer. I know that's what they're going to say. And so I just need you guys to be ready with me because I'm preparing myself right now. And it was a lot of praying that please God, maybe it's not tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong <laughs> to the day that I got the phone call and was told you do have cancer. And that just, it, that day I, it felt like I got pushed off a cliff and it was a never ending fall, <laughs> like a never ending fall all day. One of the toughest days of my life. One of the most, a gut punch, just life felt like it stopped and I knew that a different reality was about to begin. And so when it's scan time, I can't help but reminisce about the scariest moments of my life, which, it, you know, that was one of them. That was one of them, the not knowing, then the knowing, <laughs> and then the really knowing. I mean, all of it. The whole journey was so scary and it was a lot of praying. A lot. I've always talked to God all my life, but I, I talked to him a lot more during that time. And so he and I have an understanding that if he needs to take me, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's going to make me sad because, of course, Everybody that knows me knows, even though I'm a recluse hermit and don't talk to anybody or see that many people or spend time with that many people, I love all of you and I would hate to leave. <laughs> and especially my son, which I know my family, my son has family that loves him so much. He would be so taken care of, but I don't want him to have to even think of that or have to deal with that or, and I want to be here and, and see him, you know, become a husband and a father. And, and I want to be alive for as long as I can, can be as long as God will allow me. But we do have an understanding that if he needs to take me, then that's God's will. And I am fine with that. It will make me sad to leave my baby and my family and friends. But if God, if that's God's will and I, and he needs me for something bigger that we don't know about, then I'm all for it. And he knows it. He has gotten me through so much. And, you know, I, I know not everybody believes in God. I was raised Catholic, but I don't do everything like I was taught, but I believe in God because like I said, I've, I've talked to him ever since I was a little girl. Uh, uh, a lot of things happened. I had to went through a lot of trauma as a child and God was always with me and he's with me present day. So I trust him with everything. That's, that's one of the things that gets me through all of 
really everything that I've been through in my life that has felt that that has been trauma and that or has felt like a struggle, hard to get through, you know, hard to to take in, hard to understand all of that. God has been with me the entire time and that's I put all my trust into that because he's never failed me. And even, you know, everything I've gone through, I don't feel like it I used to think like I would get punished. Things that things that bad that were bad that happened to me. That's what I deserved because I was shitty I was a shitty person in 1989. You know, things like that. I used to have that attitude that well, I deserved it because, you know, I was a shitty person during this time and I did this person wrong. And I, and I lived my life for a long time with, I guess, just this guilt of I, I probably deserved it. Oh, I probably deserved it because of the way I acted and what I did to that person. You know, I always had this guilt that bad things happened to me because that's what I deserved. I do not live like that anymore. And I do know that a lot of things could have been a lot worse. And I'm blessed that I've always had God and my family who loves me by my side. You know, I've always had love in my life. I've never, even when I felt like I was lacking it, I never did. I never lacked love. And and that's... That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother podcast of um, people that feel like they lack love. You know, we need more love. We need more love in the world. We're lacking that. Empathy. You know, you could say that those two things don't go hand in hand, but they really do. And we need more of that. And I'm I'm here to, to say that. been saying it my whole life that you know, peace, love, and happiness, positivity. It, it's, that's, that's how I try to live my life every day, no matter what. And I also know that a lot of things that happened in my life that were, you know, messed up. I, I'm the one that messed it up. A lot of them, I'm the one that I, I take accountability for a lot of things that I did, even though, uh, Anyway, that's a whole nother thing. But I wanted to talk about what was on my mind right now. Currently, it feels better to talk about it. <clears throat> and, you know, I have a lot of, of alone time and it's, it's, that's a choice. And I, I like, I like writing. I do like the recording. This is a whole lot better. I used to do that. Um, when I was younger, I had like a hand recorder that I used to record my voice or things that I was trying to talk about because I wanted to write a book, which I still probably could. I would just sit down and write. But now I'm like, well, podcasts are in and, you know, I know everybody's doing them, but I've I've always tried to find an outlet for the stories that I, I know I could share with people that can relate to it. I know I'm not the only, you know, woman that is a child sexual abuse survivor. I'm not the only woman that, you know, was abandoned by a, 
a blood, uh, I mean, a sperm donor. <laughs> or, and that has an awesome father that adopted me, and he's, he's a good dad. I, there's just a lot of stuff that I've been through that it, things could have went a lot worse than, than what they were, what the way they did go. Um, but I've always had God and love in my life and God's been my guidance. I've, I've always felt like I've had spirits around me, you know, guardian angels. I know not everybody believes in that, but you should click off of this then because <laughs> I know that it's a fact. But um, anyway, I just wanted to get on here and talk about what's going on with me right now. A little bit about what's going on. Uh, my doctor's appointment is tomorrow at 3 p.m. And I'll probably be there for two hours. Hopefully not more than that, but I know sometimes these take longer. But my sister will be with me and get to find out a little bit about what the blood work looks like. And then <clears throat> more detail in three to five business days. And just positive thoughts and positive vibes. And I feel so much better talking about it. <laughs> Even if it's just to this microphone, I still feel better. So it's all growth. It's all growth. That's what I'm doing. And that's what this is about. Thanks for listening. Good night.